Hey everyone, Josh here. Quick question for you. Do you like coffee? Even more important question, do you like fresh coffee? Coffee that's roasted to order and doesn't taste like the bottom of your kitchen oven. If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you need to head over to McQuanoCoffee.com and get yourself some of the best coffee there is to get. Whether you like the light roast or the dark roast or you're feeling a little whimsical and you want to get that sample pack, McQuano Coffee Roasters has everything you need. And just when you thought this couldn't get any sweeter, make sure to use the promo code REFORMATORY to get 20% off all bagged coffee. Do yourself a favor and stop drinking bad coffee because you know what? Life's too short for that. Head on over to McQuanoCoffee.com and use the promo code REFORMATORY to get 20% off all bagged coffee. You will not regret it. Thanks, and now on to the show. What do you got for me? What's wrong with you people? I got nothing for you. What's wrong What's going on, everyone, and welcome to The Reformatory, the podcast for the local church and by the local church, and we are your local churchmen. I'm Josh Loftus, and I am joined, I am joined at long last, the (laughs) prodigal has returned, (laughs) unkidnapped, unscathed, unsullied. Jack, my man, yes, you you have returned to the podcast studio. Welcome, mm-hmm. my brother. Yes, sir. Yep, it is good. It's again. good to have you, man. The boys are back in town. Yeah, definitely. That was the case yesterday. So it was, <laughs> dude. Yeah, yesterday. Yesterday was a good day. Jack yeah. and I. If you don't follow us on the socials, which you should, because. Well, you should popping off, Jack. Yeah, that's right. Jack and I, uh, we got to go to a Tacoma Tacoma Rainiers game. It's a Triple A baseball. That was super fun. Then finished the night off at Smoky Joe's. Yeah, uh, and had a grand old time. It was uh, it was awesome. Awesome getting together with you. And welcome, dude. Welcome back from Thailand. Yeah, I'm glad. You know. We were worried. We weren't sure what was going on. You <laughs> oh know, there was gosh. some silence there. Daniel put a lot of doubts in my head as to, you know, the veracity of our friendship. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm glad to see everything's everything's okay. Daniel was playing the psychological warfare game. He was. Um, I don't know where he learned that, but okay. Yeah, um, yeah, he was homeschooled, so I don't know where that came from. Um, definitely a skill he must have acquired on his own. Yeah. But, dude, we had some great interviews while you were gone. We had Brian Borgman yeah. on. That was awesome. We had uh, uh, Sam the Man Renahan mm-hmm. on talking about confessionalism. That was a great ep. Yeah. And then, yeah, rounded it out with Daniel uh, getting in trouble with me talking about <laughs> uh, biblical counseling. So it was grand. It was good. But we're back to normal. We are yes. we are back in the saddle again, mm. uh, to quote uh, Aerosmith. Aerosmith. Yes, yep. and uh, I am glad to have you, my man, dude. How was Thailand? Give us a little, give us a little, uh, a little synopsis of of your trip to Thailand, man. Yeah, so I mean, Thailand is very much depending upon where you go, very much touristy to mostly Europeans, 
not a whole lot of Americans go to Thailand. Um, primarily because the flight is 14 hours. <laughs> yeah. Ver- and we don't like to wait. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's a little bit of a tough hike for some people. And then once you get there, the weather climate compared to the Pacific Northwest is very different. Um, you're looking at at least it was, it's monsoon season. So it's wetter down there. So and, if you live in Florida or Mississippi, it's right up your alley. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, on top of being 80, 90 degrees most days, it was 95% humidity. Oh, my goodness. So, I mean, you walk outside and it smacks you in the face every single I, day. That sounds absolutely horrible. So, you're walking around and you're... Li- I, I was just literally walking around just sweating sometimes, yeah. just trying to, like, catch up. <laughs> so, most of the time, it was just, like, trying to hydrate as best as you could. Sure, um, yeah. But there is... There is not a whole lot of local church presence down there, uh, which is kind of odd. It's more along the lines of a huge Muslim population. It's either Buddhist mm-hmm. or Muslim, it seems like. Okay. Where we were at, there was a lot of mosques, so it was very much more Muslim kind of uh, population, but still, like, Muslim population is only, like, 5%, but, like, the Buddhist population is, like, crazy amount sure it may be like the amount of christians is like maybe one percent so yeah i mean stuff like that you were getting woken up you were getting woken up at like five in the morning every day for call to prayer so that happened a couple times okay i didn't happen as regularly as i thought it would based off the first full day we were there but then they would do because thailand's a kingdom they would do this like announce like little like god save the the queen or God save the king kind of little <laughs> tune at like 8 a.m. Yeah. every single morning. And that was kind of weird. Yeah. Um, but other than that, yeah, it was, uh, I would say that your dollar stretches a little bit more in Thailand. Yeah. What you would pay for just a regular Starbucks coffee here could get you about two coffees in Thailand or more, depending upon where you're at. Dude. And then, so what you're saying is we need to we need to do a reformatory <laughs> live from Thailand. <laughs> and then on top of that, your meal, what you would normally pay here in the United States, maybe for one person, could probably yeah. pay for possibly two or three people. Wow, dude! Yeah, that's it, awesome. It just depends on where you're at. If you're in the more touristy areas, maybe not the case. But if you're sure. in away from the population centers like we were for about five or six days, that's definitely the case. So Now, did you try any good food, weird food? Uh, not so much weird food. Different yeah. variations of pork, chicken, rice, different vegetables, nice. seafood. Seafood's really good there. Um, yeah, nothing too crazy, to be quite okay. honest. So. All right. Well, dude, I'm glad you had a good time. I'm glad you're back. I'm glad uh, you weren't kidnapped and all that good <laughs> stuff. Um, we were worried. Yeah, we were worried. We were worried. Jack, bef- we were, we were, dude, all of us, collectively as a whole, we're worried. Collectively you. holding your breath. A hundred percent. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. Jack, before we hop into our topic today, which is a doozy, yeah. let me tell you. Mm. Oh, my goodness. Um, why don't you give us a cigar of the week for the reformatory podcast we haven't had one for the last couple weeks because yeah 
I didn't really do it. So uh, we're we're a little backlogged. So this is actually from the other night when Josh and I were at the lounge. Yeah. And Josh can kind of tell you more of the experiential flavors of it. Oh, I yes. can kind of tell you the 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 back. So it's very new. It's from Sinistro. That's right. This is like brand spanking new blend. It's called The Last Barbarian. Which is a, okay, can I just say, a dope name <laughs> yeah. for yeah. a stick. The Last Barbarian. Yeah, very much so. Um, basically, it is a couple different amalgamations of tobacco. So Josh smoked, the, it comes in Robusto and Toro Vitola sizings. Josh smoked the Toro, which is a uh, 6 by 50 so the ring gauge is 50 and the length is 6 inches. The most of the tobacco is Dominican. Yep. But the wrapper is Dominican. The binder is Cameroon. Yeah. And then the fillers are Dominican. So it's very. It's. I've never heard of the Dominican uh, Cameroon kind of mix up in a in a blend before. Yep. But. Let me tell, tell you. The, it, tell it, the people it what how it worked. <laughs> it, it worked really well. So. I, I, I enjoy Sinistro. I think Sinistro is a great company. My favorite mm-hmm. of theirs is the Sinistro Mr. Red. Yep. I think it's the best one that they have. It's really, really good. Uh, also worth trying. But this last Barbarian, dude, uh, from 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 the light, consistent all the way through. Mm-hmm. No relights. Smoke output is absolutely amazing. Uh, you're going to get high, high taste of like a nice, fresh alfalfa, right? But you're also getting the coffee and chocolate in there as yep. well. It is. It's not as heavy, even though it's a fuller, a fuller blend. Mm-hmm. It was not a. It was not a punch in the mouth that I that I thought it was going to be. Right. Yeah. It was, but I but I wouldn't say I wouldn't say it was light like a like a Connecticut either. It was it was a perfect balance. I honestly, like prisoner of the moment. It. it I'll have to try it again. Mm-hmm. But it was one of the best sticks that I have enjoyed in a long time. Yeah. Uh, I was massively surprised by it, um, and the draw was fantastic. It was perfect. I, I don't, I don't have anything negative about about the stick, honestly. Yeah. Like I try, I tried to think up something. I it really, <laughs> like I give it a good do. I give it a good four and a half, four point seven five out of five. It was. It's a fantastic, and it wasn't. It's not going to break the bank. It's about ten bucks. Uh-huh. Um, the last barbarian. By Sinistro, you guys, you guys got to go get it. You got got to try it. It's a good stick. I enjoyed it. Um, I really, really liked it. Yeah, I went with. I hadn't smoked in the last couple weeks, so I went with a more shorter tatuaje uh, blend and kind of smoked on that because I didn't feel like I was gonna last in a Toro sizing. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> So you gotta 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 earn you gotta earn back those stripes, yeah, baby. Yeah. That's exactly right. All right, so the Sinistro, the last barbarian, that's the reformatory cigar of the week. Go and smoke to the glory of God. All right, Jack. Oh, do we wanna do this? Do we wanna do this? Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Okay, so Here's the thing. In true reformatory style, we're not going to talk about the issue itself, just the ramifications of the local for the local church of the issue, right? Because yeah. everyone and their brother is going to be talking about this issue. But mm-hmm. 
this last week, or beginning, end of last week, beginning of this, I don't know when it happened, a uh, very popular podcast out of Moscow, Idaho, named Cross Politic, put out a statement, uh, put out a podcast talking about, uh, I think I think the podcast was titled, I believe, uh, Baptist versus Presbyterians or something like that, right? Um which already kind of tells you kind of where where the the idea of the podcast is going. But through yeah. that, they had one of their guests on the show uh, make a link between credo baptism as a whole and the identity crisis with transgenderism today. Okay, so that was the link. Everyone, it it caught on like wildfire as something like that would. Mm-hmm. Um, the claim has been defended and doubled down on, tripled down on all that all that good stuff, which is kind of par for the course for um, uh, the cross politic guys, right? But again, here's here's the thing: what what this brought up, right? Again, I, I'm not I'm personally not super interested in talking about the actual the actual thing, just because it's. I think it's just kind of frustrating, yeah. and honestly, it's stupid. Yeah, and it was uncalled for and not true. I mean, first and foremost. Mm-hmm. But what this what this brought up was just this this idea, which I don't think is true, nor does it have to be true. But it's this idea that somehow there's this rift uh, between Reformed Baptists and Reformed Presbyterians, and what we saw in this exchange is that for some and i do believe it's the the minority that rift does does exist and because of the differences of theology namely the application and kind of the following through of covenantal theology whether or not the covenant sign of baptism should be applied to children or not uh, there there are two camps that have arisen uh, that can at times, be be pretty harsh toward each other, yeah, uh, and say some pretty harsh things, and uh, it posts some pretty harsh things, and there's a lot of emotion tied up in it for sure, and a lot of uh, a lot of arguments that just kind of kind of end up spiraling out of control. But something that I wanted to talk about today, mm-hmm. especially for us in Reformedom especially for us in the context of 2022 where our culture's at where our society's at where America's at the needs that are pressing in to the church these days yeah i want to talk about the importance of not shooting <laughs> the soldiers that are in the same trench as you yeah trying to fight the same battle mm-hmm. trying to be faithful to their church and not shooting them or coming at them over secondary issues mm-hmm. that at the end of the day are left up to conscience and individual interpretation, but we treat it as though it is an essential issue mm-hmm. and worthy of all of the backbiting, all of the posts, and all of the harsh things that are said, and basically, at least practically, disfellowship. Yeah. Right? And, and, and again... I want to be clear. I believe this is the minority. All right. I have my opinions about the type, and I will say type, of Presbyterianism that is being cultivated out of kind of that specific camp. Yeah. I do believe it is the minority. And I do believe that my brothers and sisters 
in the Presbyterian camp, which I adore and I love so much, I have much more in common with them than I would say another Baptist that would be dispensational, right? That we, I truly believe that. I have more in common with a Reformed Presbyterian, even though I'm Baptist, than I do a Baptist dispensational. Now, I love my dispensational brothers and sisters as well. Absolutely. I don't love them any less. But in terms of how we view Scripture, how we interpret Scripture, how we view Reformed theology, I have so much more in common with my Reformed Presbyterian brothers and sisters. So basically what I want to talk about today, Jack, and I want to throw it over to you, is one, why why do we feel this need to make such big deals and to, you know, use the example that I said, shoot shoot our trench mates yeah. over secondary issues when there is so much, one, that we have in common, and two, so much more important things to be focusing on as yeah. believers in 2020. Yeah, I think the issue that you're talking about has been talked about from many different people, and it's just called Catholicity. And what that basically means is that believers from different denominations of of the church can come together and can agree on the bigger views of doctrine and belief and now, practice. Let's define that real quick. Sure. Just in case some listeners hear Catholicity and they yeah. think, wait a minute, I thought I thought we were Protestant. We're not Roman Catholic, right? So it's the <laughs> difference between small C Catholic and big C Catholic, yeah. right? Yeah. We're not talking the we're Roman Catholic Church. We're not talking the Roman Catholic Church. Um, what, do we, what do we mean when we say small C, the Catholic Church, or cath- Catholicity, Jack? Yeah, I would say Catholicity is basically following the basic Orthodox creeds and stand and and doctrines that have been put forth since i would say nicaea even the apostles creed too and going from there and then kind of tracing that to the ecumenical uh councils and creeds and then even into kind of the reformation kind of creeds and councils as well too right Um, so we're talking about the universal church yeah Right, yeah. right, right. We're talking about the the invisible church, if you will. When we talk about the Catholic Church, uh, it's not the Roman Catholic Church, but it means universal. It means mm-hmm. all the elect comprised of you know comprised of the elect people of God. Right. So yeah. that's that's what we're and, and the unity thereby that we have mm-hmm. because of the blood of Christ. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, Catholicity is basically saying that. If I am a particular Baptist, I can have fellowship with, let's say, um, a, a, a Presbyterian. Right. Or I can have fellowship with, um, you know, an, an, another evangelical uh, in another denomination or another Reformed sure. brother in another Reformed denomination. And we can agree on the bigger things and the bigger the essentials, the bigger essentials, right? Even though we would probably disagree necessarily on some of those things like baptism, um, whether you're pedo or you're credo, um, maybe the way in which you take communion intention or non intention kind of stuff. Those are very yeah. little minute things versus, most Presbyterians you're going to find are going to uh, want to also 
you know, stick to the, the Westminster standard, right. Or have, you know, depending upon which stream of reformation kind of denomination you are, Dutch, three forms of unity. Um, I will say that particular Baptists are a form of reformation kind of theology in that sense. Um, because we do have confessions, <laughs> we do we have catechisms, <laughs> we were there, <laughs> we do have all these other things. So I would say that we're a stream of that, uh, branch per se, even though people would kind of deny that. But I would Some say people. that <laughs> Catholicity is this idea in which you can have fellowship with other brothers and sisters in Christ from other different denominations and stand arm in arm with them on the bigger issues of the faith and of doctrine for the most part and still be in unity and peace with them and still go forth in proclamation of the gospel and the kingdom of God. So I don't know, like that's the big idea, but what is happening I'm seeing is that a certain group of people thinks that they are now the one true church (laughs) and out of them, at least, at least practically, yeah. S- practically speaking, that's the that, that that might not be stated, but that's the practical implications of the things that are stated. Out of them comes the real fulfillment of evangelicalism, or the real fulfillment of confessionalism, or the real fulfillment of this, and thus that's why you see the repudiations. I feel like of other different brothers and sisters in Christ because. In order for us to stay the one true church, we have to repel off these these posers, I guess. <laughs> I don't know what you want to call them, but sure. I don't know what they would call us. I mean, obviously, they're calling us all these different proponents of transgenderism and stuff like that, which is crazy stretch to make. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's just... I can only sum it up in one word, which is disappointing. (laughs) Just disappointed in that kind of rhetoric and that kind of even, even trying to just infer that is just kind of disgusting. So, yeah, I I think it, I think it, it, it gets to the heart of, um, I think when we do this and look, to be clear, this is, this is a warning to us all. Yeah. Right. This is something that we all uh, have the potential to struggle with and have the potential to do. Right? You look at you look at uh, uh, the Apostle Peter, right? And Paul having to call him out for drawing those lines, dude. By the right? way, in my local yeah. church, we're going through Galatians. We're we're okay. about to set the stage for a study guide, and I'm writing some some devotional materials on it. Yeah, and I'll tell you what. That kind of placating of you need to be this kind of cultural standard and adding to the gospel. Yeah. I feel like that's always that's always going to be a struggle with the church because you see it time and time again with other different people. We can't have just grace alone by faith alone through Christ alone. We have to add something to that mm. in order for us to yeah. be like better better set apart than other people, I guess. I don't know. Sure. 
I mean, I mean, yeah, that that's a that's a tale as old as time. We all struggle yeah. with that, trying to find our identity in something other than Christ, right? But, but here's here's the thing. Look, like when when we do that, when these statements were made, and and when and when we make these kinds of statements, what we're doing is is we're setting up lines in regards to, and especially biblically unfounded lines. Where where there are no lines, mm-hmm. right? And the only the only thing that that stems from is pride. Yeah. The only thing that that stems from it's not stemming from. I don't believe a true desire to actually be in more conformity with the Word of God because I don't see the application of that being anything other than division, mm. right? And again, I am what I am not saying is that we do not strive to be as biblically accurate as possible. What I am not saying is that we don't have the discussions. Yeah. Right? I'm all for having discussions with my with my with my Presby brothers and sisters about paedo baptism. I, I in fact kind of enjoy the discussions. I think there's <laughs> I think I learn, you know, again, like I, I used to be Presby, right? And mm-hmm. the more that I, I talk to my Presby brothers and sisters, I remember the things that attracted me to it. And I remember I remember uh you know you know good things to remember kind of about about that side of the particular argument so that you don't misre- misrepresent your brothers and sisters, right? And I think those discussions are good to have. And I think they can be profitable as long as mm-hmm. we remember yeah. that it is not our definition or application of baptism that unites us. Mm-hmm. It is not our application of baptism or some other secondary theological doctrine that causes us to be brothers and sisters in Christ or, ca- or gives us the ability to lock arms with each other. It's the blood of Jesus Christ, his sacrifice on the cross, his resurrection three days later, that is the thing that unites us. We have been bought and purchased by the same blood. Mm-hmm. And all of us have been given the freedom, I believe, by God, uh, obviously within the confines of Scripture and conscience, to, to, to live out the convictions that we have been given by the Spirit. And for some people, that means baptizing your kids. And for some people, that means waiting until there is a, a, a profession of faith, because that is how you interpret scripture, mm-hmm. right? That's okay. And I don't look down on my brothers or my sisters that, that believe differently than me in that area, right? But on the same side, no, n- nor do I look at the Presbyterian uh, a, a doctrine of baptism an attempt to make some sort of claim or cultural tie to it as a means of discrediting it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I don't I don't do that. And I don't think you really I don't think it's something that we should be trying to do because at at the end of the day, if I'm bringing arguments that are other from that are other than scripture, I've already lost the argument for one, right? And if we're going to go with what scripture says, right? Scripture says baptize it says it's got to happen, right? And I know the convictions of my Presby- Presbyterian brothers and sisters. If it said explicitly, don't baptize your kids, I know they're not going to baptize their kids. But it doesn't say that explicitly, right? Uh-huh. And again, I'm coming from a Baptistic, I'm a Reformed Baptist, so I, I, I disagree with them. But I have enough confidence in their convictions that if it said to wait till a profession of faith, they would do that because they care about the word of God. Sure. And they care about living a life that is in accordance with scripture. Yeah. Just as I do. Right. But guys, we got to remember, like, I feel like this is like 
bush league stuff, but apparently it's mm. not. Like we yeah. we are on the same team. Yeah. I'm in the same trench as you. I'm wearing the same jersey than you are, as yeah. you are. I'm fighting. I'm trying to fight the same battles. I'm dealing with the same stuff in my culture, in my town, in my church. And what I don't need mm-hmm. is one of my allies, one of my trusted brothers and sisters, to come up behind me and shoot me in the leg. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And look, look, we all do it. It's something that we all have to take. We all have to take warning against that we are not making the non-essentials of scripture the main thing that we are getting hyper-focused on. Mm-hmm. Because what happens when we do that, when we get laser-focused on 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 a on a non-essential doctrine of scripture, right? Yeah. The essentials are the first thing to go out the window. Yeah. We're forgetting the unity that we have. We're forgetting the gospel. We're forgetting the fact that we have been bought and purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ. We're forgetting our local church. Mm-hmm. We're forgetting how we are called to unify together for the betterment of each other and the advancement of the gospel in our culture, right? And look, you can you can make the arguments and have all of the debates of whether or not, you know, what these guys said was true or it's not or they meant this or they meant that. Look, the point is we shouldn't even be playing that game. Mm-hmm. I am... I am Tired. Look, and and I, I I I throw this in the same category, and this might get me in trouble. But I'm just I'm just gonna say how I feel. I'm gonna say how I feel because Jack's back, <laughs> and I don't have to take the heat alone anymore. I throw this in the same camp as all the Aquinas junk. Is look, if you want to read Aquinas, do so with discernment. Like realize he's Catholic. Read him. Okay. Like don't go to him for the sum all and be all of your theology. Just like you wouldn't do with any theologian. If you have the conviction not to read him because it's not coming from a, a, a Protestant view, okay, don't do it. That's okay. You have the freedom to do that. Mm-hmm. That is where the argument should stop. And it's the same, in my opinion, with baptism. If you have the conviction that you see in Scripture that the covenant uh, applies to your children— and you want that sign and seal of baptism to apply to them just as it did with circumcision in the Old Testament, okay, I don't care. <laughs> go go for it. Go for it. Like, I, like I, I, I support your conviction. I disagree with you. I, I'm not going to do that in my church, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to call you in sin or make some outrageous claim that in doing so you are supporting or, or, or it has resulted in some sort of transgenderism yeah right i'm not gonna do that and and if and if you like if you don't want to do that okay i'm gonna support you in that too like and maybe i mean i've been accused of being a really bad reformed baptist and i understand why but i just i don't see this as being worthy of all of the hype and all of the all of the animosity and having a having a podcast, you know, Baptist versus Presby. I don't want to be versus Presby's. I love Presby's. Yeah, I love them. I don't I don't want to be against them. Yeah, you know, and like I just I don't get it, man. And it makes me sad. Yeah, it really makes me sad because all of the Presbyterians that have been in my life, like, dude, it was a Presbyterian that turned me reformed. And I thank God for that man mm-hmm. who loved me enough to introduce me to the 
deep truths of covenantal theology and confessional theology. Now, I ended up being Reformed Baptist <laughs> at the end of the day, and he still gives me guff for it. He was just, I was texting him the other day. He was he was giving me crap about it, but he loves me, mm-hmm. and I love him to death. Yeah. Dude, why, why is this so hard? Yeah. I think, too, it's because... I think it's just it's just in our culture too. Yeah, that's true. It's in our that's culture to to be on a team and hey, ride or die, man, ride or die. Yeah, you know, you're either with us or you're against us. <laughs> yeah, so right? I mean, it's a cultural. It's thing. very much kind of that in the United States. I mean, that's why we don't really have a multi party political system in this country. <laughs> that's why we don't. I mean. But I mean, it we, goes. we like we like the two sides is <laughs> yeah. it, it, is what you're saying. Yeah. Right? It, it, I mean, we like that kind of, you know, slugging it out kind of mentality in that way. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that I think that lends its hand to kind of what we're going through in our culture, which our culture has kind of always been like you're either for us or you're against us. You're either on the bus or off the bus. Um, yeah. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. And then when somebody different than you that has primarily all of the markers that you have, except maybe a couple, I feel like culture tells you and maybe your own camp or tribe tells you, you can't be friends. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't be their brother or sister because you don't have this identifying mark that we have you know and i mean that's that's also part of our country as well too is that we ostracize and exclude people as well too because you know hey you don't have this identifying mark you're out of the you're out of the team or something like that so well well and uh, before because i can i can hear people saying right now too i can i can hear people saying well nobody said you can't be friends nobody's saying that you can't fellowship together nobody nobody in that podcast said said that and okay sure i understand but consider this consider it from my point of view it's going to be very difficult to have yeah. the level of fellowship that i want with a brother and sister if they think that my theology is the root of transgenderism, is an is anathema, basically, right? Like yeah. th- that's going to be <laughs> really hard to do, yeah. And that's going to affect the fellowship and unity that we can have if that is hanging over it. Yeah, I mean, you know, so like, sorry, go <laughs> go for it. I mean, it. <laughs> yeah, it, it go. It even goes back to just the epistle of the Galatians that we were kind of talking about earlier, where you're having, um you know, at best Judaizers saying, if you don't do this, you're not right. really you part of circumcised, us. Right. Exactly. You know, and I feel like to a certain degree, a lot of denominations and camps and tribes have done that to a certain extent where they can't show love and compassion, compassion and mercy onto, you know, their, their brother on the other side of the aisle because, you know, we're so rooted in this that if we give that up, that is almost like giving up the gospel, mm. you know? Sure. So, I mean, yeah, at the, at the end of the day, like, you know, are, are you going to stand together in the gospel? Or are you going to stand together in a kind of more hermeneutics? I feel like, cause I feel like that's the bigger issue 
it's not so much the Aquinas stuff. It's not so much that. It's just how are we viewing things in light of certain other historical events that may have happened in church history and stuff like that. Well, and and, and where are we putting this theological thing, whether it's Aquinas or whether it's Pedobaptism, where are we putting it on the totem pole of importance? Sure, yeah. Right? Because that that totem pole is going to define whether or not we can fellowship or not, right? Mm -hmm. If it's top tier, if it's at the top of, you know, if it's at the top of the pole, it means it's essential. Yeah. And it means that if we don't get this right, if we don't agree on this, we aren't even, we, we aren't even brothers and sisters, yeah. Right? Because one of us is orthodox and the other one's not. Right? And when I when so so often these levels of doctrine get skewed and and mixed up. Mm-hmm. And we have second tier theological discussions or third tier theological discussions getting raised on the totem pole to the level of importance as like the deity of Christ. Or the Trinity. Yeah. Or things that you look, yeah, like we have to agree on this. Yeah. And if we don't, uh, there's there's no sense in trying anything else. Yeah. You know, until we agree on this, right? Aquinas isn't to that level. Pedal baptism isn't to that level. Mm-hmm. Right. And it it saddens me when I see so much emphasis. Again, I want to put this in the context of where we're at. Twenty twenty two, America the local church, we are dealing with a culture that is so anti-gospel, hates Jesus, hates the truth, hates the scriptures, hates the church. This is the society and culture that we are living in, that we are called to be lights in, and we're arguing with each other in the same trench over whether or not we, you know, put sugar in the coffee pot or not. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like that's that's what we're doing. The battle's out there, guys. Mm. I don't I don't I don't have I don't have a beef with you. Mm. And it saddens me when you try to make one with me. Because like I don't I don't see this as worthy of fighting. I don't even see this as worthy of 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 getting riled up about. Yeah. I mean, we can talk about it, but at the end of the day, I don't think you're in sin. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, I appreciate you not throwing cheap shots my way either. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And like I said, it, it saddens me when, when we get to this point because what is being lost? What is not being done? Care for your local church. The care for your congregation. Mm-hmm. The proclamation of the gospel outside of the walls of our church. Yeah. That's, that, that's not what's being done when we have all this infighting. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, it and takes us it, off mission. It does. Yeah, it takes us off the focus of what we should actually be putting our energy and our time in, which is the people in the local church and their needs and caring for them and then also caring for and loving our neighbors in our communities that we live in and spreading the gospel that way as well, too. And so, yeah, it. but then on top of it as well, too, how are we being a witness to the culture around us, which it seems like that witness would be, well, they're no better than anybody else. It seems like, you know, Mm. yeah. (laughs) Why would I be a part of that? So, yeah, look, look, honestly, at the end of the day, 
at the end of the day, I, I, I love and adore my Presby brothers and sisters. I have learned more from Presbyterian theologians than I have anybody else. You know the love we give Papa Sproul on this mm-hmm. podcast. Yeah. Right? Uh, the, the, I know personally Presbyterians that are in my life that I, I completely love. I have a brother-in-law that's Presbyterian. Mm-hmm. The pastor that brought me into Reformed theology was Presbyterian. I love them with so much. And guys, it might make me a bad Reformed Baptist, and maybe I'm just a closet Presby, which I know a lot of Presbys would. I know a lot of Presbys would love in my life would love to call me out on that. But at the end of the day, I care more about the unity that I have with you in the gospel Mm -hmm. and the ability to be able to lock arms effectively for the cause of Christ than whether or not you put water on your baby's head. Mm. I don't care. When compared to what we have in Christ and what we are called to do as brothers and sisters in Christ, when compared to that, I don't care. Mm -hmm. Now I'll joke with you. Yeah. And we'll have, we can have the discussions. We can poke fun at each other. I enjoy that. I'm looking at you, Rudy. Looking at you. <laughs> Baptize your babies on all of my, on all of my posts. Right. But I love that man. Yeah. That man, that yeah. man's my friend. Yeah, he's the real deal. And I have so much more in common with him that I am much more interested in exploring and talking about than the minute things that we disagree on. Yeah. And, and I guess, I guess at the end of the day, that's how I'll sum it up. Mm-hmm. I don't like the mentality that we have, I think especially in Reformedom, because I think we, we like to fight on the hyper-focus of things that that we disagree on instead of the 99% of the things that we agree on. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's healthy. And I do think it's a product of our culture. And, and, I, and I think that it is having a much greater effect in our local churches and our ability to have relationships with people the way that we're designed to than we think. Mm. So... Like, I guess I guess the call goes out. Like my Presby brothers and sisters, I love you guys. Please love me back. <laughs> like, like, like we love you guys, and we don't see this as worth fighting over. What? What? Is, I think it's off of Notting Hill. It's like, what is it? I'm just a boy standing in front of a girl, or I'm just a girl standing in front of a boy telling him I love him, or something like that. Yeah, exactly. exactly. We're just particular like, Baptist standing in front he of was Presbyterians. A she was a Presbyterian. Asking, Can I make it any more us? obvious? <laughs> yeah. Oh, exactly, dude. Like, I don't got time for that. You know what I'm saying? Like with as busy as I am with church stuff, yeah. and I and I think that's that's I think that's the point. Like, we should be so busy with the work of Christ in our local churches and in and in, in the world that we live in. We don't have energy or the desire to fight over fight over this stuff or to say the stuff that was said. Yeah, you know, like that just proves you got way too much time on your hand, <laughs> and and uh, and there's some I think there's some hard stuff there that needs to get checked out because yeah, that's just that's that's just uncalled for and a low blow and um just not just not what we should be doing. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd rather talk about the things we agree on. Yeah, I'd rather focus on the things that unite us. I'd rather like talk about too of like how, like what's going on in our local churches that we could either learn from each other. You know, absolutely. I feel absolutely. like that's more like that's more pertinent and imperative than yep. us co- continuing to bicker about things of secondary 100%. issues. So yeah, we love you guys. 
got to like got to work this out. And I know, I know, like I said at the beginning, I believe this is the minority. Right? Mm-hmm. I know some I know I know chill presbies. I know chill baptists. Mm-hmm. And and I thank God for you guys. I thank God for the ones that are able to 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 poke fun and to keep the secondary doctrines in their place and to be able to keep the unity that we have in Christ as the main thing and the plain thing. That's that's y'all are real MVPs and I want I want more of those friendships. Yeah. Um, you know, that we're not shooting each other. We're not shooting each other in the same trench. Yeah. Like we're locking arms every seven days a week and twice on the Lord's Day. Yeah. That's what I want. Yeah. All right, Jack, you think we got enough trouble on that one? Yeah. I think we're I think good. we probably did. I think Big yeah. Eva has sung, sir. We we talked we talked <laughs> pedo baptism, we talked cross politic and Aquinas all in one app. <laughs> <laughs> this is the end of the reformatory. Our bingo card <laughs> is full, sir. <laughs> it is full. We've hit every jackpot that there is to hit. Uh, Jack, why don't you get us out of here, man? You haven't done this in a, in a little bit. Yeah. Let's see. Let's see how you do, ladies and gentlemen. If you appreciate us trying to make Catholicity great again, if you will. Oh my goodness! <laughs> you too. on the hat. You too can follow us on the Reformatory on the sociables, if you will. Yes, the Facebook. It'll go down in the next twenty four hours, or Mark Zuckerberg will all put a chip in our heads and we'll be in the metaverse. Not my head. The Instagram goes well with marshmallow and chocolate, if you will. Or if you dare, go on the tweaker, the Twitter, the little blue bird site, which apparently Elon Musk is not taking over. So no, we'll see what happens with that. Anyway, you can follow us all at those sociable sites at the tag at Reformatory Pod. Josh, you can tell the lovely people how they can maybe further help us and support us in different ways if they will there are many ways you can head on to patreon and uh for five dollars a month uh you could become a patreon supporter and have your name hallowed 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 through the halls of the podcast the boy's back i like it he's back in black He's yeah. You didn't miss a beat, my man. Britishness, uh, sir. <laughs> absolutely. You can head to uh, reformatorypod.com, and we got some awesome local church gear, local church merch. Get yourself some of that. Rep your local church and look good mm. doing it. You can head on to Spotify and Apple. We really appreciate the the reviews, and even if you don't write us something, if you hit, just hit the five star, it gets us out to more people. Um, we have thousands and thousands of people listening to this podcast and only 52 stars on Apple. Um, shame, shame. Come on, guys. Come on. Help us out. Help us. Hey, look, Presby's, if you're listening to this and you're a Presby, help us out. We love you. Love us back by giving us a little five-star action. We'd really, really appreciate it. We would really really love you even more than we do now uh, <laughs> if you would uh, do us a solid and get that action done. Jack, it's good to have you back, my man. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. I'm glad glad you're here. Mm-hmm. Jet lagged and all. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, nothing better. We thank you all for listening. We will catch you on the next step of the Reformatory.